PackRap is sponsored by American betting experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. We have teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry football followers and podcast listeners. Here's what you do. Go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page. Pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, or PointsBet. Sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match, a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page, and get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. All right, welcome back to Pack Wrap. We are just a few days away, a few days away from the first games of the season. Um, Stoked. Stoked to see Pac-12 football, and it looks like all of them are going to be, like, watchable in terms of being on, you know, whatever channel, uh, other than being on the Pac-12 network. So... Uh, a lot of kind of pivotal matchups um, and really games that are going to set the tone for the rest of the, that team season. And uh, with this crazy season this and, and shortened and um, very easily we could see two undefeated teams go head-to-head in the Pac-12 championship. That would not surprise me one bit. But who those teams might be, a little up in the air. Uh, my personal picks, USC in the South, Oregon in the North. I really like USC. I, I think they might actually kind of run the table uh, for the Pac-12 this season. A lot of a lot of North teams are going through some changes. Uh, Oregon really are going through a lot. You know, they the, their new quarterback, rather, you know, regardless of how talented he might be, and I'm sure he's going to be a you know very successful quarterback. He, there's going to be growing pains, and Oregon is used to a level that they should expect a little bit of a drop off, I would think. Um, but I still picked them. I love their running game, even though they had to retool the entire offensive line. Um, but I do like the defense. I love C.J. Verdell, um, and I think the receivers in Oregon are, are very talented. So I do think they have enough. Um, but it's not going to be a cakewalk. But other teams like Washington having to to revamp a lot of stuff and um, you know stuff like that. But one thing that one team that I really kind of expect to see a lot from and might shock some people is Arizona State. Um, they're going to be a good team. I, I really like what they're putting together, um, and we'll get more into it. But let's quickly. We'll go over the the matchups for for Saturday, um, and these are in order of kickoff. And it looks like most of these games you're you'll be able to watch back you know consecutively. So <clears throat> fresh and early, bright in the morning, man, 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific out here in California. It's going to be Arizona State and USC. That's a big game in this conference. That's a huge game. Uh, the top two teams in the South, in my book, uh, and and Arizona State, man. If this game was later in the year, I, I it would be hard to pick against Arizona State for me. Um, but we'll get into that. And then uh, 
at 12:30. So the the USC Arizona State game will either be over or just about there. So er, uh, the next one on the slate, Arizona Utah, another good game. Uh, we'll briefly talk about that, uh, and then uh, at four o'clock. So again, a big buffer between those two. So the the Utah Arizona game should be wrapping up by the time the next game, which is UCLA and Colorado. By the time that kicks off. So that's three games right in a row on Saturday, all Pac-12, man, that it's like, all right, we can watch the whole thing. Um, but Stanford-Oregon, which is probably a little bit more intriguing of a matchup um, than UCLA and Colorado, that starts at 4.30. So that's going to be an overlap. You're going to have to choose between between those two. And then the nightcaps, um, 7.30. You know, I'm so used to seeing, like, Game, uh, well, I guess Pacific, yeah, that is 10.30 Eastern, so never mind. I was, you know, sounding like an idiot. But, um, so, yeah, so all these times are, are Pacific, of course. <clears throat> so the night games, Washington State, Oregon State, you know, okay. Kind of, it is what it is. Uh, it's football. But the real matchup, and it's, it's going to be uh, on one of the major sports networks, ESPN, Washington and Cal, and that is going to be – fun um a lot of questions around cal a lot uh and the the key one or i'm sorry a lot of questions around washington cal not a lot of questions um there's a few on defense but washington's the one with the question marks and primarily the quarterback position who's taken over um for their departed uh into the nfl jake now it's gonna escape me his name um Jeez. Anyway, it'll come to me. It's not Jake Fromm. It's the other. <clears throat> but anyway, we'll get into that first matchup early in the morning. Arizona State, USC. This is, dude, I really like Jalen Daniels as a quarterback um, for Arizona State. He's coming into his second season as a starter for Herm Edwards. But what I'm really excited about is they, uh, they have a, a freshman running back coming in by the name of a uh, um, – Oh man, I just had it. I just had it. Uh, Trey Trayman Trayon is his last name. I believe it's Jayon. Uh, let me figure this out here. But anyway, they have this freshman running back coming in. He's a stud, <clears throat> built like a grown man. He's a 17 year old, uh, kind of under the radar recruit, four star guy, but he was being heavily recruited. He's from Ohio, Ohio. So Ohio State, Penn State, a lot of the Big Ten schools were really coming after this guy. But he uh, he claimed he wanted to get out of the area, kind of get out of the Midwest. And Arizona State was a school for him. And, uh, you know, they checked a lot of boxes. So he's going to be a Sun Devil. He's probably going to step in uh, into the starting role at running back. You know, big hole, big shoes to fill. Um, and, you know, Benjamin, he's off – and, and playing for the Cardinals now, but you know, I think this this freshman running back, um, Demonte Trainum, Demonte Trainum, uh, I think he is going to be, uh, you know, that that impact freshman in the Pac-12. I'm so looking forward to seeing him because Arizona State, man, um, you know, returning Jaden Daniels, and then you're having to replace a little bit of your offensive line but you're replacing them with upperclassmen who have been around. It's not like you're having to replace them with young guys who are inexperienced. These guys have been around and they're, they're probably ready to take on that starting role just because they didn't start last year. It is what it is. I think these guys are going to be fine. That offensive line has a lot of upperclassmen in it. 
Um, and the guys that actually are, are returning are young guys. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic there. Uh, the ones with, you know, serious playing time are sophomores. And then the ones that are, you know, new starters are all seniors. So it's a very interesting dynamic, but I think it's going to work for the Sun Devils. I think that's going to be a, a really nice unit with uh, Jaden Daniels and the, the offensive line. And then, uh, like I said, the, the true freshman, DeMonte Tranum, I think that's going to be a really dangerous unit. And then uh, through the air, Frank Darby um, really kind of impressed a lot of people in the Pac-12 last year. Um, he's back uh, for his senior season. And, uh, you know, that, that's I, I think that's going to be above and beyond the favorite target for Daniels. Um, obviously, Brandon Ayuk, um, who is uh, a draft pick of the San Francisco 49ers, <clears throat> he's no longer there. So they're going to have to have somebody fill that void of, that Ayuk is leaving. Um, you know, and Darby, I think, can step up and be the guy now. You know, Ayuk. Obviously, it's 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 always nice to have someone like Ayuk to play across from. But now, without Ayuk, is Darby going to stay at the level he's been at? I think he can do it. Uh, but against USC, uh, I just don't know if if Arizona State is going to be ready to beat USC in Week One. I think that is the main thing here. Had and I mentioned it just earlier in the show, but had this game came later on just a few weeks down the road like week five week six i think it'd be hard to pick against arizona state i feel like that would have been like a primed like prime matchup late in the season i think arizona state will win quite a few games this season uh you know i i don't i don't really think a lot of people are expecting them to lose a lot so it's not like i'm saying something that hadn't been said already but this game is so pivotal for the Pac-12 South. Definitely the top two teams in in, in the South there, but uh, but USC with the offense that they have, Keaton Slow is returning. The Monroe St. Brown, um, they have a uh, Vera Tucker that's the anchor of that offensive line that should that should do very well. Uh, this very strong running game that's led by the two seniors. Um, uh, Stephen Carr and uh, um, <laughs> my word, uh, I'll get it here in a minute. But um, that running game in the offense, it's going to be tough for for Arizona State to, to slow that down. And Arizona State is returning quite a few um, of their defensive unit from from last season. And what I'm really excited about is uh, is that secondary for Arizona State, who are all returning starters except for the cornerback who is uh, a senior the, the the new starter Jack Jones um, and you got Chase Lucas Evan Fields and Ashari Crosswell all of whom are like all conference talented players like they're this unit versus the receiving core of USC dude it's gonna be so fun to watch though the two groups are so talented in their own right and they're so good at what they do it's going to be like a 12 round heavyweight bout watching these two go at it, man. It's, it's going to be interesting to see who gets the upper hand there. Um, you know, but with USC's running game, you know, that, that might, that, that could be the deciding factor there that, you know, obviously if you're forced to, to, to load the box, that's going to open things up for those receivers. 
no matter how good that secondary is. But you never know. Maybe the strength of that secondary is going to allow you to, to sack the box a little bit. But, you know, we'll see. We'll, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great chess match. Um, but, yeah, with the, with, with the defensive line, you know, you got to look at Jermaine Lowell um, as, that, as that leader of that unit. I think he's going to have a big year. Um, so, really, at every level – of the defense, I mean, you, you they have linebackers that you that you can trust. Um, they're both returning starters, uh, but the defensive line, the linebacking position, and especially in the secondary, that defense that defensive of, of Arizona State is talented, and they're coached well. Um, they're, they actually have two defensive coordinators, both of whom have very familiar names uh, in the football world: uh, Marvin Lewis, Antonio Pierce two um, former pro guys who, who've been around the league. And, um, and that, that, that defense could be good. Like they could be really, really good this season, uh, th- but they're going to need time to develop. And, and we've seen already how defense in, in college football this season has been like, uh, where, what's happened to it. And I think it's, you know, due to the, obviously the pandemic, man. I mean, it's, it's hard to prepare in 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 all the you know strict rules and guidelines and stuff like that and i'm not saying those guidelines are wrong like we definitely need to be following them but that's why teams are you know it's just it's so hard for them to prepare and i think we're gonna it's going to be interesting to see the pac-12 plays out but because a lot of these teams have so much potential but are they going to be able to reset with everything going on it's a good question (laughs) we'll see if it gets answered um yeah, man. So that first game, Arizona State, USC. I'm gonna go USC. I think it's gonna be tight. I think it's gonna be a good game. I think USC's offense is gonna be good, but I think they do struggle a little bit. I think I think the Sun Devil defense will get a, will get a few jabs in and and uh, and maybe uh, maybe even kind of you know stun the offense a little bit. You know, send this thing into uh, you know the seventh eighth round, but at the end of the day, I think USC is just too strong, too powerful, uh, especially on offense. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a show there, and uh, with the Trojans. So unfortunately for Arizona State, they have to open the season against uh, the best team in the South and Pertman, arguably the best team in the entire conference. So USC for me takes that uh, to open the very first game of the Pac-12 season, and then right after that, we'll get into Arizona and Utah. Um, man, Arizona, not a whole lot of faith in what's going on, um, but you know they brought in Kevin Sumlin from A and M a few years ago, um, and so far, man, he just has not done what everybody kind of expected to happen. And, you know, and the Pac-12 has so many, uh, you know, well-known coaches and successful coaches that have. You know, some of whom have been in the league, like you look at Chip Kelly, uh, Herman Edwards. Um, you know, both have been and have have had stints in the NFL. And then, you know, you look at, uh, you know, Clay Helton. He, he's, he's been around for a long time. Um, and you look at um, Stanford's coach, um, Dave Shaw, a very well-respected coach. So there, there's a lot of good coaches in the Pac-12. And Kevin Sumlin was you know, definitely one of the ones that everybody thought was going to join that group and really kind of help out this uh, Arizona team. But has in his two seasons so far, went five and seven in year one, 
went four and eight in year two, so they got worse. Um, has yet to obviously has yet to send them to a bowl game, and uh, and uh, the recruiting classes for Arizona have not been good enough to uh, you know give you much hope for the future of this program. But um, so they they open their a lot of you know re replacing a lot on offense. Um, a lot of their defense is coming back, so their defense will probably keep them in, in a few games. Uh, might be good enough for them to steal a win. But uh, you really got to look at Colin Schooler, the, the senior linebacker for uh, the, the Wildcats. He's going to be um, one of the best linebackers you see in college football this season. So uh, keep, keep an eye out for him. Uh, where's number seven? He is the true leader of that defense. Um, and a lot of guys coming back. The entire linebacking core, um, both corners are coming back. You're returning Trayvon Mason um, at, at defensive tackle. You're, you're returning a lot of guys. The, the, the bulk of that, that you know, interior defense is back. <clears throat> How good can they be? Can they overcome the shortcomings? That's probably going to be on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you're looking at Grant Gunnell as the most likely starter for the for the Wildcats, uh, having to replace Khalil Tate. Um, who, you know, had a, had an up and down time with Arizona. You know, at times he looked like a Heisman winner, and then other times it's like, could this guy get benched, you know? Um, so having to replace him, but most likely you're going to go to that um, that freshman. I'm, I'm sorry, the sophomore and Grant Gunnell. Um, you're also going to replace your J.J. Taylor uh, running back, who was a big contributor in 2019. Um, so you're having to replace him. Uh, so that's that's never an easy task to replace an entire backfield. And when you don't have like a an upperclassman backup who was a, who's been around to step in, or uh, a really highly ranked recruit, you know that that can handle something like that. That's tough. And when you're replacing a lot of your offensive line, you know uh, you're returning the whole left side of it. So I guess maybe. There's some positive things there, but um, Arizona is probably not going to have the best season <laughs> in the world. Um, and I don't know about Kevin Sumlin's future there in Tucson. Um, it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, but we'll see. So week one, Arizona and Utah. Uh, so we'll talk about Utah a little bit as well. Uh, Utah had one of the, the uh, best football seasons of, you know, uh, in their program's history, uh, in, in 2019 darn near made the playoff. They probably wouldn't made the playoff had they, um, you know, not lost the back of championship game. Um, I would imagine so, but what it could have, should have, we'll never know. It doesn't matter. Um, but man, talk about replacing a lot. Um, Utah is, is a very well coached team. Um, and they're able, they are able to put together at, at certain years and certain seasons a really impressive squad. And obviously, we saw that last year. But I don't think um, they're, they're, they they will fall back and they will fall, you know, fall a little bit. Um, they're not going to be terrible, but they're not going to be where they were. Um, definitely not going to be true contenders for any conference title. Um, 
But against Arizona, I think they're they're going to come out the victors. I do think Utah is the better team. Um, the biggest thing here, though, with Utah is 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 the defensive side of the ball returning two starters, um, and, and to, to kind of elude or give you an idea of how talented that defense was for uh, for Utah in 2019. Utah had seven players drafted in 2020. Six of them played on the defense. Um, they lost their entire starting secondary to the draft, um, which is just kind of crazy to think about. If you know you lose both safeties, Trail Burgess, um, who is here locally in LA, playing for the Rams, and then the other one, Julian Blackman, who is uh, playing for the Colts. Um, both those guys went in the third round. So um, a very talented safety tandem that is no longer around. And then your cornerbacks, Jalen Johnson, who is, you know, arguably uh, one of the better, if not the best cornerback in the Pac-12. Uh, Jalen Johnson uh, drafted in the second round by the Chicago Bears, the, high, the highest drafted Utah Ute of the draft. Um, and then uh, a lot of talent on the, on the defensive line is no longer going to be around. Um, most notable being, being Bradley and I, uh, defensive end, playing for the Cowboys. And then uh, um, and then a couple of defensive tackles, like Ufotu, and then John uh, Pinsonini. Uh, it, it, they're all gone. So Utah's having to replace that much talent. And it's just not looking like they're going to be the unit that can win them a lot of games. Um, like I said, starting off against Arizona, um, a little might help them a little bit. I think it will, uh, and I do think Utah will get the win. Um, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, you are replacing Tyler Huntley, your quarterback. You are replacing Zach Moss, your running back. Um, two studs, absolute studs. But when you look at your offensive line. Four out of the five starters are coming back, which is which bodes very well. Uh, you have a veteran and experienced receiving core coming back. And that includes your tight end. So um, you just got to find a replacement for that court for for Huntley and Moss, which I think they have guys that can step in and be successful. And Jake Bentley at quarterback, Devin Brumfield at running back. Um, I think both of those guys can can do. Like I said, when you're returning the receiving core and an offensive line. Um, I think you're going to be okay. You know, I think you're going to be okay. So Utah, most likely, in my opinion, they're, they're you know they're they're my pick uh, to defeat Utah, Arizona. It's going to be an interesting game. Uh, you know, we'll we'll learn a lot about each each team. It, it, it's going to be a good test for each one to see where they are. Um, so we'll see. Moving on, uh, UCLA, Colorado. You know, uh, Colorado is um, an interesting program this season. They're they're going through changes. Um, not a lot is known about Colorado, but UCLA, on the other hand, um, they're going to be tough to compete with, and they're going to be tougher to compete with than some people think. Uh, they, that offensive line for UCLA has been getting better and better. And, and I think this year with with Sean Ryan um, taking over, you know, that being that staple at left tackle, um, you know, he was a highly recruited kid. Um, 
he's gotten some you know time underneath his helmet now. Uh, he, he's playing with a little bit of confidence. You know, he's looking for a big sophomore year. He's gonna be he's gonna be more confident in his gameplay. Um, and then Jake Burton as well at right tackle. I think that tackle tandem for UCLA is is going to uh, be able to hold up and help Dorian Thompson Robinson have the season that people have always wanted to see him have. Um, you know, you, your receivers were so young last year uh, with Chase Coda and Kyle Phillips. But those guys earned some significant playing time last year, some serious experience. Um, and I really like the freshman Logan Loya coming from St. John Bosco. Crisp route runner can run just about any route that you ask him to run. Um, DTR just needs to put it on, put it on him. But with, with Phillips and Coda taking up a lot of time and a lot of attention, you know, there's certain packages that you have to get Loya the ball. I think he's going to be another one of those, uh, you know, semi-impactful freshmen in the conference. Um, and then, you know, obviously I mentioned him, DTR, the quarterback. He's back junior season. It's 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 time, man. It's time for him to take the next step. He's been, you know, freshman sophomore season, man. Nothing to really write home about. He's shown flashes. There's been games. There's been moments. There's been like, all right, are we over the hump? Well, we haven't gotten over the hump yet. He needs to get over that hump. This has to be his season. This has to be the time where he starts to cement that legacy uh, and really help this program get back on the right track. So you got to replace Joshua Kelly, one of the best uh, running backs in the conference last year, right behind Zach Moss. <clears throat> and uh, right up there with J.J. Taylor, you know, Benjamin. Uh, a lot of good running backs from the Pac-12 last year. No longer there. Joshua Kelly's right up there with him. Uh, staying in town and playing with the Chargers now. But you're looking at a guy like Demetric Felton, who uh, has has taken reps at running back, has played a lot of time at receiver. He was always that tweener guy. Is he a receiver? Is he a running back? Well, just, he was that versatile guy where he could plug either way, um, using a lot of different ways, and he was able to help you. He was able to be productive. Well, now he's he's the guy at running back. Um I think he's uh, he's ready. I think he's good enough. I think he's a talented runner. Uh, he, he, the most important thing is he looks good with the ball in his hands, and he's a playmaker. Two very good qualities in a running back, um, and uh, I really look forward to seeing Felton in his final year in Westwood um, take a huge step, huge step, make a name for himself. Um, and I think against Colorado – who, uh, again, I don't foresee being much of an issue for uh, uh, quite a few teams um, in the Pac-12. Um, they're not, they're just, they're, there's too much, too much change, too much, you know, too much. I'll just leave it at that. Too much for Colorado. And, uh, and I think UCLA gets off um, to probably, hopefully, not, I, I don't want to say hopefully, I don't want to say bias toward UCLA. I'm not. Uh, I, I'm just thinking in terms of that program, um, you know, trying to turn things around, you know, hopefully. And then that, in that sense, uh, UCLA, UCLA um, could potentially have a big time win um, against Colorado. I mean, when I say big time, I mean like a dominating win blowout. So 
Well, I will be uh, starting that game, and I'm probably going to be flipping back and forth, though. It's going to be tough. That Oregon-Stanford game, I'm so curious to see what Oregon looks like. So curious. Um, I really like what they do, uh, or I, I really like what they've been doing. I really like Justin Herbert when he was there. I really love Panay Sewell. Those guys are gone, man. I was really looking forward to Panay Sewell this season, but, hey, COVID has, has interrupted a lot of things, so – um, it's just, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing Sewell in the NFL. He's going to make, uh, whatever franchise drafts him, they're, they're going to be thrilled to death to have, um, a, a, a career left tackle that, you know, will be, uh, um, multiple Pro Bowls. So right off the bat, man, I'm, uh, you know, talking about how I like Oregon and picking them in the North, but I'm already talking replacing quarterback, replacing left tackle, well, it gets worse. Um, not only are, are you replacing your left tackle, you're replacing every other guy too. Um, from tackle to tackle, you are having a brand new starting offensive line. Um, but you know what? Those guys that that are replacing the Shane Lemieux and, and, the, and, the, and the Throckmortons and, 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 the, and the Sewell, you know, those guys aren't scrubs, you know. It, it, it's not like they're, you know, just guys that are running off the street or, you know, they're guys, you know, they're guys, they're dudes. So it's just finding that uh, continuity and, uh, and that rhythm with your offensive line. Once you get that, you know, I think it'll be smooth sailing. You, you got a really good running back who I compared to Christian McCaffrey a few weeks ago and C.J. Verdell. Really like his game. Really likes what, what this. Really like what this kid can do on the field. Uh, but again, with a brand new offensive line, you know, we'll see. But I like him. I like him. I like I like Verdell, and I think he's going to be a playmaker. I think he's going to be a. Um, I don't know. It's going to be tough in this in in this shortened season. But um, I really liked him as like a dark horse Heisman guy. But um, you know, when you look at that that receiver group. For Oregon, they got some guys coming back. Uh, excuse me, Johnny Johnson, Jalen Red. Uh, they're they're both back for their senior seasons. Um, so you got guys for uh, you know whoever the Oregon quarterback is going to be. I'm thinking it's going to be Tyler Shuck. Um, you know, but I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out uh, when they take the field. But like you know, there, I feel like there are so many unknowns in the conference this year that. Um, just that alone, just trying to figure out what what do we expect? What you know? What are we going to have this season? I think that alone is going to draw a lot of attention to some of these games, just to see, okay, who's taking over for Herbert? Um, you know, or who? Okay, well, how, how good can USC be? Or you know, when you look at Utah, okay, who's going to be? Do they have guys to, to step up and replace that defense? Or um, you know, just so many question marks, and and I, and I love it. I'm, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I think this season is going to be fun. I really do. So many new faces, but there's so much talent in the Pac-12 um, that just goes unnoticed. But I think a lot of people are going to start noticing. <clears throat> so Stanford, Oosh. where to begin, right? Um, now, I don't think Stanford is going to be that terrible. I don't think they're going to be that bad. Um, you know, they're middle of the road team in, in the Pac-12. But what I like most about him is, is, is the coach, man. Dave Shaw, um, he's so good at what he does. He knows how to get the absolute best out of his players. Um, 
and uh, and and the biggest loss here, I think, is is Walker Little for Stanford. Um, you know, he was a, he was one of their starting tackles. He was a very highly recruited guy, um, but he opted out, and it's, it's looking like he's going to the NFL. Um, and then um, on the defensive side of the ball, Paulson Adebo, who was uh, a returning cornerback, who was probably going to be, uh, you know, the guy in the secondary, the leader of that group. Um, but he, he's no longer there. He, he as well opted out and is heading to the NFL. Um, so two rather substantial losses for each group, offense, offense and defense, um, for Stanford, you know, you're, you're starting a new quarterback. Most likely we're looking at Davis Mills. Um, but Jack West is also, you know, potentially in the running for that start, uh, completely new, new backfield, um, you know, you're losing, uh, you know, we know how well and how utilized the tight end position is at Stanford. Um, and uh, they, they no longer have Colby Parkinson, who was um, like just another one of those guys that another one of those Stanford tight ends um, that is so overly talented Um uh, the string of tight ends that have been drafted by Stanford or drafted out of Stanford is, is, is impressive. So um, we'll see if it, there's a, there's a next in line, if it's, you know, if that is kind of gonna go away for a while or, or if they have another guy to step in and fill that role. Um, but yeah, a lot of changes and a lot of pivotal spots for Stanford. Uh, offensive line, I think will be okay. Cause the Stanford offensive offensive line, even though they struggled last season, um, with injuries and stuff, I think they're going to be okay this year. Um, but I don't know the defense, man. When, when you look at losing Casey Tuhill, Tuhill, excuse me, and that's that's a big loss. You know, um, you know that was a, that was a major contributor for your defense. But you know, when you got guys coming back like 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 you know, when you look at Kendall Williamson, Blake Antoine. Um, Curtis Robinson, you know, some of these guys who have been playing for a while, they're going to help that defense perform, but they, they run into Oregon who's known for offense. Um, but again, so many changes, so many unknowns. And this is one of those, but it's a great rivalry game. Um, you know, I don't really know how this is going to go. I know Stanford struggled so much last season. Um, so I don't know. We'll see if they've kind of shaken that or if they're still going to kind of be struggling a little bit, but I love Dave Shaw, love what he's doing, um, love what he's been doing. He's really, you know, made Stanford a respectable program. Not that it wasn't before, but, you know, he, he's taken it up a level. I got to go with Oregon, though. Um, like I said, they're my, they, they've been my pick. They're continuing to be my pick in the North. Um, so, yeah, I think Oregon handles business here against Stanford. They're, even though they lost so much and are replacing a lot, they're still really talented. Like they're, they recruit well. The defense is going to be good. Kevon Thibodeau is going to be good. Um, they have a lot of young guys that I'm looking forward to seeing on the field and getting opportunities to shine. So um, Oregon, for me, takes that one. So, um, and then Washington State and Oregon State, again, not a very impactful uh, matchup that's going to have a lot of ripple effects in the league. Um, you know, looking at these two teams, someone's got to win. And they're both teams that, you know, Washington state, 
major overhaul, major changes um, going on there. So they're replacing coaches, they're replacing players. <laughs> like it's uh, it, it's it's going to be a lot to overcome for the Cougars to to really have a successful season. You know, when you you have a, a brand new system, you're losing Mike Leach, um, who you know under Mike Leach, obviously Washington State was known to, to put up so many points. But now you got Nick Rolovich coming in. You know, you know he's going to change some things up um, there in Pullman. But you know, you're replacing Anthony Gordon. You're replacing two high quality receivers and Isip Winston and Brandon Arcanada. So you're having to replace that. Your offensive line, uh, you know, you're losing a couple big guy, big big name guys that that were big big contributors to your to your program and your offense. But the defense, the defense, uh, returning a lot of guys, and I I think Washington State's defense is going to be what makes them competitive. <laughs> um, so look out for um, for the Cougar defense to to kind of rely on that that veteran leadership, that veteran experience, um, and that front seven of Oregon State, I'm sorry, front seven of Washington State, probably one of the best in the conference. Um, so that is something that they can rely on uh, there. And uh, I think Washington State will win a couple games, probably two or three, um, but definitely not going to compete for any sort of conference title. Um, and the same can definitely be said for um, – fellow Pac-12 member, Oregon State. Um, and Oregon State has been, I feel like, rebuilding for a long, long, long time. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things, I guess. But Oregon State, even though they are um, still in that major overhaul territory, they have a lot to go off of in 2019. A lot of momentum was, was gained. Uh, they had one of their best seasons in recent memory, uh, you know, going five and seven. Um, they are losing a lot of talent, though. Man, Jake Luton was a great quarterback for the Beavers. Um, he had such an efficient season last year. Went, you know, he started, I forget the exact number, but he started like the first six or seven games, I think, without throwing an interception. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, such a good receiver, very talented guy, um, playing for the Buffalo Bills now. Uh, that's a, that is a lot of production that they're going to have to replace. Um, and, you know, he was a he was an, he was a thousand yard receiver guy. Uh, he was far and away, you know, he had thirteen touchdowns. The next guy had three. Like he was the guy in the receiving core. Um, you know, and then Noah. Uh, Tojiai, the tight end, who, who dealt with so many injuries, but he was still a very good football player. They're losing him. Uh, Artavis Pierce. They are returning Jamar Jefferson, who is a very talented running back. Um, so I think that's kind of where you have to lean on offense. When you're replacing, um, you know, the receiver, the caliber of, of, of Hodgins, and a quarterback that that you trusted and, and that performed and, and ran your offense so efficiently and Luton, um, that's going to be tough. So this is when you lean on that upperclassman running back who has been developing, has been growing, has been getting better in your in your system, and now it's his time to really take over and carry the load. Um, it, it, this is kind of his year in my eyes. 
to, to really take this Oregon State offense and, and put it on his back and, and say, all right, guys, I got us. Let's go accomplish and, and let's keep let's keep this thing going. Let's keep building. Um, so I'm really excited to see Jamar Jefferson. I really like what he does. So um, some other key guys coming back. They're, they're linebacking core. Um, they're getting some guys back that are going to be so instrumental in this team having success. And that is Hamilcar, Rashad, and then Omar Spice, um, two very talented linebackers that are coming back. Um, and, and like I said, they're pivotal for Oregon State last season, and they're going to be pivotal this season. Um, but man, replacing the top two receivers on your team um, and Hodgins and Tojai, uh, and then losing Artavis Pierce, a lot, a lot of changes, but again, I'm looking forward to Jamar Jefferson um, and the defense has some guys that they can rely on to, uh, to, to, to help them out. So <laughs> this one, to me, I like Oregon State a little bit better. Um, I think they have a, uh, they're in a little bit better, better spot in Washington State. Um, you know, Jonathan Smith at Oregon State is, is doing such good things. Um, I feel like he really does have this program on the right path and and, uh, and they're in that redeeming process and really trying to build something special there. Um, so I really do think that Corvallis, Oregon and the, and, uh, and the university there, Oregon State, they're going to be a program that in a year or two will shock some people. Um, I really do. I really think that. I think Oregon State's going to be, um, be, be a fun team to, to watch and a fun team to grow as long as they can keep that head coach. He's a talented guy. He's a talented guy. So, uh, again, Oregon State. So, before we get into the uh, the marquee matchup of the weekend for the Pac-12, Washington and Cal, let's run down real quick uh, who I've picked so far. So, <clears throat> USC, Arizona State, I, I, you know, I'll reiterate it. I'll say it again. I really like Arizona State. By the end of the season, I think they're going to be one of the most competitive teams in the conference. It, I just think facing USC in week one, I, I, I don't know. I'd like, you know, I'd, I'd like to think they could do it, but I think USC is just too talented to, for, for Arizona State to come right off the blocks and, and get them. So got to give the edge to USC there. So USC over Arizona State, Utah, Arizona, got to go, go, uh, go Utah. I just don't think Arizona is in a good spot. So uh, Utah replacing a lot, but I do think they're, they're still the – um, the better team there. So Utah over Arizona, Colorado, UCLA, I'm going to go UCLA. I think they're talented. I think they could surprise some people. I think they, they could really put it together this season, even though it, it appears like they're replacing, you know, Joshua Kelly, who seemed to be like the, the spark of that offense. I think everybody's growing in that, in that offense and, and really starting to come together. And I think they're going to take some people by surprise. So UCLA over Colorado, <laughs> Oregon, Stanford, again, the theme of the conference changes. Um, a lot of new faces in, in, in key positions. But Oregon, I like them. Very talented, uh, well-coached. Stanford, well-coached as well, but I just don't think they have the horses in this one. I think Oregon is going to get that one. I think Oregon wins that rivalry game. <laughs> and then Oregon State, Washington State. I just went over it not very long ago. Um, Oregon State, I like, I like them as a program. I uh, like where they are, uh, and I, I like 
where they are a lot better than Washington State. I think Washington State is going to be okay. I just don't, you know, right now they're they have a they have a long process. They have a long process ahead of them. All right. Here in just a second, we will get into Washington and Cal, the biggest matchup of the weekend for the Pac-12, um, and a lot of potentially fun storylines in that one. So, but before we get in there, don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offers from American betting experts. Go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page, pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, sign up, and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It is that easy, thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. All right, folks, here we go, the main event, Washington and Cal. Um, man, Cal, they should be a good squad this year. Uh, returning Garber as a quarterback, uh, returning Brown at running back, returning quite a bit on offense. Um, the entire offensive line is back. Uh, I really like Jake Curran. Uh, you know, a year or two ago, he was one of my favorites for but you know future draft picks of Pac-12, um, and I think this guy is going to have a huge senior season. I really think he's going to make a solid name for himself and, and project himself pretty high in some in some recruiting circles or uh, scouting circles. Uh, but yeah, I mentioned Chase, uh, Chase Garbers, who has been the starter there for you know it seems like forever, um, but I know it's only been a, a year or two. But he and Christopher Brown form a very dangerous and scary duo in the backfield and that offense man returning as much as they are and, and the defense returning almost just as much um almost the entire front seven returning um you know but the, the the guy they're missing evan weaver obviously a big hole big 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 shoes to fill evan weaver was uh, an animal all over the field for for that for that uh, bears defense but man returning so much returning Cameron bynum uh, and the secondary is huge. That guy has all-American potential. Um, yes, all-American potential. I really like Cameron Bynum. Um, and then you're also looking at, um, you know, obviously Evan Weaver, Ashton Davis is another one that you have to replace. Um, but you are returning Elijah Hicks, who is another talented safety. So I think they're going to be okay there in that secondary. All of these guys have played. All of these guys are um, are trusted all these guys know the system uh you know it, it's it's this the defense of the of the cow bears has earned the reputation that they are elite and uh and, and they've earned that the offense of cow i think are about is about to catch up and i think 2020 they put it together <clears throat> this is going to be a dangerous team this is going to be a threatening team in the pac-12 returning so much and uh and, uh, you know, when you look at the continuity that they've had, and they've been successful, man, they uh, wouldn't shock me if Cal wins the North over Oregon. Wouldn't shock me. Uh, just depending on how well Oregon can play on offense. Um, and the Cal, Cal team, team should be worried about them. Um Team should definitely be worried about them, uh, and uh, and their foe on Saturday, Washington, huge matchup. But man, when you look at Washington and everything uh, that they accomplished 
accomplished last season. Um, you know, Jacob Eason came in as a transfer. He, he's an in-state kid, uh, but, you know, he went to Georgia, lost his job to Jake Fromm, transferred to Washington, took over there, had a decent season for him, um, you know, got himself drafted. But now you leave Washington and, and kind of this, you know, a lot of a lot of question marks surrounding that quarterback spot. Who's going to be the guy? Who's going to be the guy for Washington? Um, you know, there's in all reality, there are four guys that if they trot out on the field uh, as the starter, wouldn't shock me. Would not surprise me to see any, any of them. Um, you know, you're looking at Kevin Thompson. You're looking at Jacob Sermon. It would feel weird to have uh, Washington not have a, a Jacob starting at quarterback. Jake Browning, Jake Mason, Jacob Sermon, right? Like, it's just, he's the next guy. He's the next Jacob. Um, I can see him. Dylan Morris is another one. Uh, Ethan Garbers, though, the true freshman. Ethan Garbers, the brother of Cal Golden Bear starting quarterback, Chase Garbers. Man, Ethan, the, the, the freshman coming in for Washington, had had a huge season last year as a senior for Croner Del Mar. Ran the table, undefeated. Um, such a talented team. Uh, and uh, his 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 high school teammate actually um, is a, a Stanford product or a Stanford recruit. He's a, he's a true freshman there, uh, playing wide wide receiver. But uh, anyway, I think it would be so cool to see uh, Ethan Garbers taking taking snaps as a true freshman for for Washington, going to, going up against his older brother. His first college start is a sibling rivalry. That is such a cool storyline. Um, and uh, but when you look at look at the you know the, the overall body of work and and the most likelihood of things to happen. I'm thinking Dylan Morris um, or Jacob Sermon. I think those are your guys that you're thinking more than likely that's who we're going to see. Um, you know, all, all storylines and, and family ties aside, I think more than likely we're looking at Jacob Sermon or Dylan Morris. Jacob Sermon is such a big body guy. Um, you know, he, he's 6'5", like 240. He's, just, he's built. He's just a big guy, big, strong guy. Um, and, you know, he's a guy that, that took some reps last year. So you never know. But I, more than likely, I think we see Jacob Sermon as, as QB1 there. Um, but then when you look at the defense for, for Washington, a lot of guys returning um, in the trenches uh, and in the secondary. A lot of key defensive backs. And uh, Elijah Molden is the one that jumps off the page there. Uh, and then Keith Taylor as well, two very talented defensive backs. Um, Richard Newton. Richard Newton. We're flipping back to the offense. I'm sorry. I know I'm kind of jumping over, but Richard Newton um, steps in at running back. Now, he's he's no stranger to production. Let me leave it at that. He's no stranger to production. Um, he scored 11 touchdowns last season 10 of those were on the ground and he wasn't the starter i think i think richard newton comes in uh as a sophomore i think he comes in and, and is one of those guys that could be a first team all-conference running back 
I really do. I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, when you look at the running backs in the league, you know, um, obviously USC has a talented group, but that's a lot of mouths to feed. Um, when you look at Christopher Brown, he's probably uh, he and CJ Burdell, definitely two guys you think of. Um, but I think right there with him, I think Richard Newton is going to be right there in that group of, of, of top tier running backs for the Huskies. I think that's a, uh, a sneaky good running back. And uh, I think he's going to help out whoever the quarterback is. You know, I think they're going to be okay. But um, come down to pick time, man. I'm going to go Cal. I really like Cal. I really think they're a, a very experienced team. Uh, I love I love what they're doing there. Um, Coaching-wise, Wilcox has, has really gotten that team um, put together a really solid program, and he's got a lot of program guys um, that he has molded into his vision and uh, and really became studs for him. And, and I think it's going to continue on. And it, almost every single major stat uh, leader, you know, even one, two, three, four, like it's not just the top guys, which are like – Every single person that, that re, almost every single person that recorded significant stats are back for Cal. Like this is going to be a good team. It's going to be a good team. Uh, so Cal gets this one. I think with the with the new starting quarterback situation in in, in Washington, I do think it it's, it should be a competitive game. But man, this is going to be a good one. If you're not on the West Coast, man, stay up, stay up for this one. Cal Washington, it's going to be good. Uh, Cal's Cal's one of the going to be one of the best teams in the conference. So, um, a lot of good slate again. A lot of good games on the on the on the docket, man. I'm looking forward to a full day of Pac-12 football. Looking forward to it, man. All right, guys. Um, hey, take, thank you for tuning in. Um, as always, I appreciate it. I hope you all have have a really nice and enjoyable rest of your Wednesday evenings um, or whenever you're listening. Whatever day that is, I hope you're having a great time. Hope hope you're having a good day. Hope you're in a great mood. Um, and uh, stay safe. Be smart. Make good decisions, guys. Um, until till next time, um, I'll see you next Wednesday to recap and preview. I right, guess take care.